What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, JT. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I wanted to come on here and give my thoughts to some of the NFL staff news. Let's start off first talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers firing offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. I believe this was a scapegoat-motivated firing. Todd Bowles, he should have been gone too. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they just should have cleaned house. I don't think Byron Leftwich was the full problem this year for why the Buccaneers offense was as bad as what it was. And it's really funny how people just don't want to put any of the blame for the Buccaneers offensive struggles on Tom Brady. You know, I wish that some of these Brady fanboys would stop guzzling Tom Brady, get his D-I-C-K out of their mouths, and realize that Tom Brady is not Tom Terrific anymore. Tom Brady was Tom Horrific. How are we going to blame Byron Leftwich for Tom Brady not being able to hit wide open wide receivers, not being able to pick up a third and two with his legs? The dude is slow as hell. The dude's lack of mobility really hindered the Buccaneers offense this year. And yeah, you can say, well, JT, he didn't have a good offensive line. The receivers weren't all that great. The play calling wasn't all that great. We had no run game. It's like, damn, we need all these things for Tom Brady to be good. Stop it. Byron Leftwich was working with a regressing, aging quarterback. When are you fanboys going to realize that this is not the Tom Brady that you saw in New England? I bet you same guys were the same people who were saying the Buccaneers were going to beat Dallas because they had Tom Brady. I bet you were. And I bet you look foolish when you saw the Dallas Cowboys send Tom Brady home in embarrassing fashion. Tom Brady is 45 going on 46, bruh. The dude cannot move to save his life. My grandpa may be faster than Tom Brady. And he's 60-something years old. So when you look at Tom Brady and his inability to pick up yards with his legs or his inability to extend plays with his legs, it was a huge hindrance to this offense because when you have injuries on the offensive line, not only do you got to get the ball out fast, but you also got to have some mobility. You got to have some elusiveness. Against the Cincinnati freaking Bengals, Todd Bowles elected to kick a field goal on fourth and one inside of the 10. All because Tom Brady was slow as hell and couldn't pick up a damn third and two. It's time to move on from Tom Brady. You move on from Byron Leftwich. Cool, but if you want to put all the blame on Byron Leftwich, I think you're incredibly unfair, and he doesn't deserve all the blame. If you want to be honest, Tom Brady deserves just as much blame for the Buccaneers offense being what it was this year as everybody else who was fired. Why do people have a hard time holding Tom Brady accountable? Why can't people just come out and say, Tom Brady... Was it the same quarterback he used to be? Why do people keep guzzling this dude up? I get it. He's the GOAT. 
Him being the GOAT has nothing to do with the performance that we saw from him this season. Just because he had this one bad season doesn't define his legacy. Okay, if you're worried about this season um, dramatically negatively affecting Tom Brady's career or how we perceive his whole entire career, it's not. Nobody's going to give a damn about the 2022 season. All we're going to remember is all the Tom Brady Super Bowl wins, his comebacks, and his greatness. Nobody cares about what transpired his final season in Tampa Bay if this is indeed his final season with the Bucks. So, I mean, Tom Brady's legacy is already cemented at this point. There's no reason to keep trying to find excuses for justifying mediocrity. Tom Brady was mid this season. I don't give a damn about the stats. Fuck the stats. You watch these damn games and you will see how many times Tom Brady overthrew Mike Evans, underthrew receivers, missed guys wide open. Did you not see the game against the Arizona Cardinals? It was on national television. Yeah, I wasn't excited to watch Trace McSorley against Tom Brady neither. But it was, at least it was football. So, you look at Tom Brady and the fact that people just don't want to give him any blame for the Buccaneers offense being S-H-I-T this season, it really blows my fucking mind. It really does. Tom Brady just has this armor of invincibility that he can't get no blame, no criticism, I, re- I don't even know how to justify how people continue to watch Tom Brady play and just think this dude still has so much juice left in the tank. I just don't. I really don't understand how people just want to put all the blame on, Blyron, on Byron Leftwich. I really don't. Nobody, I don't care what the hell he did when he was calling plays for the Arizona Cardinals. He's a way better play caller now than he was back then. And yeah, Bruce Arians did have a pretty good amount of say-so in the game plan. He had a pretty big influence. But it's not like Bruce Arians was in Byron Leftwich here every time he was calling the plays and saying, Hey, hey, Byron, call this, call this. Call that. Call this. So, it's like, I think Byron Leftwich, I hope he gets another job. I hope Mike T gives him a call and he ends up becoming the quarterback's coach in Pittsburgh. Hell, I, I'll take Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Canada, this dude doesn't even know how to give George Pickens the damn ball. And it's not that hard. Call a damn nine and tell Kenny Pickett to throw the ball up. I'll take Byron Leftwich over Matt Canada. I pray Mike, Mike, Mike Tomlin gives Byron Leftwich a call. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers may not appreciate you. They want to use you as a scapegoat. Cool to defend Tom Brady, whatever. Cool Todd Bowles wants to save his job. If we're being honest, I feel like Byron Leftwich should have got an opportunity to be the head coach. You know, he did get a head coaching offer from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but allegedly he didn't take it because the rumor is he wanted to bring his own general manager 
the Jags wanted to keep Trent Blake, which, you know, that's kind of working out for them right now. But when you're Byron Leftwich in that situation, you kind of think back on that and you wonder if you should have taken the opportunity. But I would love to see Byron Leftwich in Pittsburgh, but the Buccaneers firing Byron Leftwich, I mean, this was a scapegoat firing. And people want to talk about, well, JT, they had talent at receiver. The Buccaneers just had names. They had names. Chris Godwin, he was still coming back from that ACL injury. He still wasn't 100%. For some players, when they're coming back from an injury of that magnitude, it takes them a year or two to bounce back. Chris Godwin definitely wasn't the same Chris Godwin we saw pre-injury. Mike Evans was still Mike Evans, but at times, him and Tom Brady oftentimes weren't on the same page. And Julio Jones... Come on, man. So, Byron Leftwich is out. That's the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me know what you guys think about it down in the comment section down below. The Pittsburgh Steelers retaining Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. And trust me, bruh, I was super blowed, just like many of you guys were when I saw the news also. But... I expected this. The reason why isn't because Mike Tomlin is stuck in mediocrity. It's not because Mike Tomlin is stubborn. Mike Tomlin knows that for a young rookie quarterback to develop going into his second season, stability is key. When you look at some of the most successful quarterbacks in the history of this league, Something that most of them all have in common is that they have continuity and stability on the coaching staff. And the quarterbacks who end up having bust or up and down careers or the quarterbacks who end up having to go through multiple coordinator changes and multiple head coaching changes. You want a good example? Look at Jameis Winston with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lovey Smith, Dirt Cutter, Bruce Arians. Same thing with Marcus Mariota. He had two coaching changes at the head coaching level, and then he had several different offensive coordinators. But when you look at some of the better quarterbacks in this league, such as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, not only are they on great organizations, but they also are on stable coaching staffs. The Steelers also went 7-2, and two during the second half of this year. And although that second half schedule wasn't as tough as the first half schedule, this offense got a lot better. The play calling somewhat improved, even though I don't know why it's so difficult to find ways to get George Pickens to freaking football. All you got to do is call a nine route and tell Kenny Pickett to throw the doggone ball up and tell George Pickens to go get it. The run game got better with Jalen Warren receiving more carries throughout the year. Jalen Warren was somebody who I watched a lot of during his time at Oklahoma State. As a matter of fact, his dad watched a couple of the videos, commented on them. I was trying to find a couple of comments from his pops a couple of weeks back, but Jalen Warren was somebody who I was really high on. I was really surprised he ended up being a undrafted rookie free agent fine, and I knew 
coming out that he probably was going to end up being the backup running back on this roster from the day the Steelers signed him. I mean, this dude is really good. I was really impressed with what he did this season. And the Steelers fan base for the majority of this season until Jalen Warren started to emerge as that RB2 clear cut, they were asking, you know, should we go after another running back to help give Najee Harris some breaks? Because you know how Mike Tomlin is with these damn running backs. He'll run him into the damn dirt. He want him to block. He want to run him down to the ground. And he wants, to all, he wants them to also have an impact in the passing game. So that's a lot of wear and tear on a running back. When you also have to consider the fact that the running back position has a short lifespan. So the emergence of Jalen Warren being able to be a consistent backup option and spelling Najee Harris when he needs breaks and opportunities. That's another reason why this offense was able to improve during the second half of the year. And if Kenny Pickett would have stayed healthy and he never had to miss time with that concussion... The Steelers probably would have been 10 and 7. You remember Mitch Trubisky and the three interceptions that he threw against the Baltimore Ravens? The Steelers offense was actually pretty good in that game. They were having success moving the football down the field efficiently. The problem just was that Mitch Trubisky kept coughing the football up, giving the ball back to the team in the wrong uniforms. So Kenny Pickett, you look at how he improved week after week. He got better with his decision-making. His first couple of games were really tough. But as the season progressed, he got better. And I think that Kenny Pickett is going to be really good next season. Despite having Matt Canada as the OC, as long as Kenny Pickett continues to grow and Matt Canada doesn't do nothing too bad, doesn't you know make anything worse than what it already is the Steelers add some more talent on the offensive line maybe go ahead and get another receiver I think this offense can at least be a top 12 unit in the league next season there's a lot of young talent Deontay Johnson George Pickens Calvin Austin people are really excited about what he could do next season the offensive line as I mentioned, hopefully we can get a damn true left tackle in there. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, that's a really good one-two punch at the running back position. Pat Fryermuth, there's a lot of talent, a lot of young talent on this Steelers offense. And just this Steelers team in general is heading in the right direction. But there's no surprise that Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin doesn't really want to touch anything. He doesn't want to risk bringing in somebody else. And then Kenny Pickett having to learn a new system. When you have a quarterback that's good, he can make the guy calling the plays good. And yeah, that doesn't sound great. You want the play caller who can also elevate the quarterback. But sometimes you just have instances where you'll have a young quarterback who ends up becoming so good that he elevates the guys calling the plays. Not to mention, the Steelers don't really have a history of firing their coordinators. I can't remember the last time the Steelers outright fired somebody. Normally, they just let the contracts expire, and then they'll go ahead and go from there. And then if they want to bring a guy back, they're given an extension, or they'll go replace him with somebody else. And most of the times, some sometimes the replacement is already in-house. So, maybe... Mike Tomlin 
goes after Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich just got fired by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he's a really good offensive mind. And hell, even if you don't like him as a play caller, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing him in to be the quarterback's coach. So Matt Canada is still the OC of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me know what you guys think about Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers' decision to retain Matt Canada. The Ravens have finally moved on from Greg Roman. He's been the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens for the past six seasons. The Ravens' offense have had some really good moments and some really good seasons under Greg Roman. This dude isn't a bad offensive coordinator by any stretch of imagination. He's going to find another offensive coordinator position really fast rather that be at the NFL level or the collegiate level but this is what Greg Roman is Greg Roman is a really good offensive coordinator to have when you have a super athletic quarterback really early into his career he's really good when it comes to his run blocking schemes run concepts And when you have young, athletic quarterbacks such as Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman is able to get the most out of them really early into their career. He did the same thing when he was the OC for Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor when he was the pro bowler. He also was the OC for the 49ers when Colin Kaepernick was going crazy and they made it to the Super Bowl. Greg Roman has a track record of being really good with super athletic quarterbacks. The problem is that he's able to win with their athleticism, but they don't really progress all that much as a passer. How how many of you guys watch Star Wars, right? So in Star Wars, you know, you have the Jedi ranks. So you'll have your younglings, your paddle wands then you'll have your jedi knight jedi master then you'll have like your console members grandmaster so forth and so forth it's kind of like that so for greg roman he's a good offensive coordinator for your quarterback developing the first three years into his career but eventually your quarterback reaches a certain level where they end up having to need something better than Greg Roman, somebody who specializes in the passing side of the football. You see, when you have an offensive coordinator like Greg Roman, I think he's really good with working with somebody like Anthony Richardson, somebody who may not be as polished as a passer and may need a little bit of time to develop. So you bring in Greg Roman, you build the offense around that quarterback's athleticism while you develop him as a passer in the background. Now, eventually, where that quarterback gets to a point where they can somewhat be effective as a passer, you move off Greg Roman. And then you bring in somebody who can have more advanced passing concepts and can elevate your quarterback to a higher level. I think... That's what needs to happen with the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, they had Greg Roman for the past couple of years. Him and Lamar Jackson had a really good run. But now Lamar Jackson has reached a level where he has over-exceeded Greg Roman. Greg Roman now, he's, he's kind of capped. 
He's only good enough for a certain time. And then eventually you got to move off him because you need something better. So now that Lamar Jackson has reached a certain point in his, in his development, the Baltimore Ravens need to bring in the offensive coordinator who has more advanced concepts, who isn't going to be treating, you know, spread offense like it's um ha- like Greg Roman's version of the spread offense is basically having four tight ends. He loves, he'll rather have four tight ends on the field rather than having four receivers on the field. That's why I call it the Greg Roman spread offense because instead of going four wide, he goes four tight ends. That's his version of the spread offense. You're not going to be winning too many championships with that kind of style of passing attack, okay? It's 2023, not 1982, You need more creativity. And there are people who are like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. How do we know if Lamar Jackson can be good in another offense that's different? They shouldn't change up anything. No, they need to make some changes. They need to find a way to get more out of the passing game. Even though you do need to be able to run the football at times to win the Super Bowl, this is still a passing league. When it comes down to the final possession of the game, you're down seven points. You need a touchdown to win or to send the game to overtime. You got a minute left. What are you doing? You're not running the damn ball. You're throwing it. So for the Baltimore Ravens, they need somebody who's more creative when it comes to getting receivers involved in the passing game. Yeah, Greg Roman didn't have much talent to work with, but I mean, I'm seeing Brian Dable Scheme guys such as Isaiah Hodgins open. Isaiah Hodgins, this is somebody who was on the practice squad. So if Brian Dable scheming guys open, there's no excuse why Greg Roman couldn't work, couldn't find ways to get the most out of the receivers that the Ravens had on their roster. And even when the Ravens did somewhat have talent, when Rashad Bateman was healthy, He still didn't really do a good job at finding ways to get him the football. But he knew how to get those tight ends involved, though. He knew how to get Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews the football, though. So it's time to get Lamar Jackson a more creative offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson allegedly is going to have input on whoever the Baltimore Ravens decide to hire, which is good. You know, he doesn't need to be a a vet to know who he wants as an OC. It could be somebody who he got a good word from, from maybe a quarterback's coach that he's worked with in the past. Maybe somebody has recommended somebody, or maybe he has some OG players in his ear that are telling him about some good offensive coordinators that they work with during their playing careers. So I'm pretty sure that Lamar Jackson probably has a couple of names that he's been recommended from some people that he trusts but I'm hoping that we can see the Ravens with a maybe a Sean McVay like minded coach hopefully they get somebody from that coaching tree because I can't remember the last time there's been a there's been somebody from Sean McVay's coaching tree whose offense hasn't worked out so I would love to see him work with somebody from a Sean McVay coaching tree 
maybe the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree could be a little bit interesting. I don't know. I don't really think people from that coaching tree are the best with mobile quarterbacks. When you think about what happened with Kyle Shanahan in the RG3 situation in Washington, hell, look at what happened with Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance. I just don't think those coaches are ideally the best when it comes to utilizing those mobile quarterbacks effectively. But this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you guys leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. We upload NFL and college football content daily. Make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Available on all podcasting platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. Rate us five stars share the pod if you enjoyed this episode and i will see you guys shortly with another episode of the jt sports podcast